I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com. And let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Hey everyone, this is Heather Havenwood and welcome to Like a Boss Podcast. We're helping you rise to the top. My name is Heather Haywood, and today I have someone on the line, which I'm super excited about because I've been a quote-unquote follower of his on his newsletter for at least two or three years. Um, Email Players is the name of the newsletter, and he's probably got the shortest bio ever in the history of Like a Boss Radio, but I'm going to read the entire, entire thing just for you, Ben. Ready? So Ben Settle has built a business where he wakes up. Writes, writes a quick email and is done with the day. Kind of like a bum who gets paid. Boy, yeah. Like, all right, that's the whole interview. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, so Ben Settle, you can go to bensettle.com and check him out. All right, Ben. 
I've been on your list for a while. Get email players. Um, I love it. I understand email marketing is really, really still strong, but there's a lot of talk out there that bit that email marketing is dead and it's done and it's over with. So I want yeah. you to start right there and kill the myth. Well, okay. So since it's October, it's Halloween time. Let, let me use a analogy I like to use. The only way email is going to die is if its head is cut off, it, the ground around it is salted, garlic is stuffed on its throat, and it's set on fire. It's it's not going anywhere. It's it's been around since two what 1993 whatever. It it's been a very viable way to make sales with people who. Uh, well, put it this way, you you probably know who Ken McCarthy is. I, I would assume he's like one of the founding fathers of internet marketing. And he's been doing this a long time, and he's been teaching this a long time. And he actually had a seminar about 10 years ago where he had this this, section, this uh, session where they just talked to newbies, people who know nothing about internet marketing at all. And they're asking, do we use social media? Should we use YouTube? Should we use? And he's like, you can use all of that. And, and he goes, but the vast majority of money via direct response marketing, at least, and that's what I do, um, online is made from a sales letter, with relentless email follow-up, like daily email follow-up. Like that's where the lion's share of the money comes from. You can use the other stuff. Uh, but you know, it's email blows are like the Obama administration in 2008. They, that was the first presidential election where social media was a thing, right? Like, oh, man, they're using all this Twitter and Facebook. And that's fine. They did good with that. They did a great job. But they, I think it was the New York Times or someone, they interviewed their email team. And they found out that $600 million in donations, which was far, did way more than social media or direct mail or anything, came from email. So it, it's still viable. It still works. It's just that it's trendy, right? It goes one day it's popular and the next day it's not. It's like anything else. Actually, Heather, you actually got my, uh, I can't hear your audio. I, Sorry, I put it on so. mute because I was sniffling <laughs> and I have a cold. So I was sniffling while you were answering that. Um, so I remember my very first email, 1999 Earthlink. Yes, I had that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I totally had that. And I remember getting my, we got mail, um, AOL, right? Remember that? That was before spam. And when you actually wanted to get lots of email, it's right. everything's changed. It's flipped. It's awful. Now you're just, <laughs> um, there's a lot of talk. What I, people say, well, Email is okay, but chatbots are better. Or email is okay, but text messaging is better. So I want to start with one thing, though, I have to point out. Um, during the election, 2016, you're under a rock, anybody. Um, I, was, I, I got on both lists, the Camp Hillary campaign, and I got on the Trump campaign. I'm still actually on the Trump campaign. Um, I guess they got my email, of course, and they got my text message. I get text messages from the Trump team about once to twice a month to this day. I mean, I still get not only emails. I don't even do that. I get text messages and they're asking for money and donations and sales of their merchants. Bert, um, I'm curious what you think of the other modalities, right? Chat, text. Is it all three that we need nowadays or is it one or the other or both? You know, I, I don't have anything against any of those medias. I mean, I think they all can work. They can all work great. Uh, the, the reality is the more medias you use, the better. I mean, ultimately, I should be doing all this stuff. I mean, if I really was that motivated, I would be. 
I'm just not. I just like the idea of writing an email being done. But I, I know people who use all these other things. They use text mex- messaging. They use the bots. They use YouTube. They use Twitter. I mean, Trump's all over Twitter. I mean, without Twitter, he probably wouldn't even have been elected, right? So it's not like you have to use email. But for the average person who's not Trump, <laughs> you know, for the average person, I've never seen they work better because you don't have to be – you don't have to really – First this way, nobody even has to know what you look like with email. It, it can be you can be completely anonymous, right? So it works for just about everyone in the out there. It doesn't matter, and, and it's weird because it doesn't matter. You can't be really discriminated against because you just use a pen name. Right? Like, like if you're like if you're worried about that, just have a pen name from someone who's not discriminated against. You can right. do all this stuff, and they'll never know. And you can you can make out like a bandit with it. At least I I've seen it happen many many times. All kinds of people. Like what? Give us an example, because that's an interesting statement. Well, I've I've had people put it this way. I've, I know someone who sells socks. <laughs> that's his business. He sells socks, and he emails me. He goes, Ben, I I sell basically a commodity. I sell socks, and I go. He goes, How do I do a daily email about socks? Like, really? How do you do it without just having a special offer? You know, buy one get one pair free or whatever. I said the problem is you're writing about socks. And you're not writing about feet. Now. I can just tell you, I'm not the expert on feet by any means, but earlier about, I don't know, about three months ago, I started doing these 10 mile walks, right? Like I literally walk 10 miles a day now and your socks matter. I can say right now I had to change socks because there's certain socks that are good for running. There's certain socks that are good for walking. There's certain socks that are good for people who work in construction, for example. There's certain socks that are for people who do waiting or waitressing. There's all kinds of people who have feet needs. I go, that's what you want to write about. You want to write to all these different problems people have, and then you position your socks as the solution. And this will work for anything, but that you wanted like an obscure example. That that's that's about as obscure as it gets of selling socks. Okay, right? so how did it can you give us any idea of like how it helped him in his business as far as sales and things like that? Did he do did he actually take your advice? As far as I know, yes. And because he didn't realize what he had. He First of all, he did sell several different kinds of socks, but he didn't know much about it. Like he just kind of got them from a, a supplier and he just sold them, right? It was right. And I said, well, all you got to do is start looking at you build a list of people who have foot pro- like who who have not foot problems necessarily, but they're on their feet, and you start advertising to them. And and even better, been I don't know if he did this or not, but he could have just picked a specific person. Runners, for example, yeah, and runners, just, right? And and you go through socks like crazy, like if you're running. Like cyclers too. Cyclers have specific. Like I'm a cycler. I'm more of a yeah. person, and so you have to have certain. I have to have certain kind of socks when I I have my spin, my spin on. Very different than running my running socks. Well, that would be a perfect example. Yeah. And of course, once they sell the socks, now they have a per, a bicycle. Let's say cyclers, for example, who's got who's on the buyers list. And who's going to need more of these socks later? But right. now you can sell them more bicycle-related things. You can create a whole business out of this if you want. Interesting. Okay, so that's pretty obscure. So let's go down to something that's kind of what I call more um, mainstream. Do you, what about local businesses? Let's say lawyers or chiropractors. You know they're the worst at like emailing their their yeah. people. But I have to. I have to say something really quick. This is yeah. my lawyer, so he'll probably never listen to. It. <laughs> to this <laughs> anyway jerry i love you um uh, it's been my lawyer a long time so when i started working with him because i started helping him with his his um 
you know, his marketing. That's what we're doing right now with him. And I made a mistake. He gave me access to his LinkedIn. So I make it all look really cool and pretty and keywords and all kind of cool stuff. Right. And you know how LinkedIn, it says, you know, connect with your email list or connect with your list or whatever. And so I did that. I had access and I was like, okay, yeah, we need to, we need to up his LinkedIn game. Right. Like it's not very, let's, let's do that. But, and then he calls me within like an hour. He goes, did you do something with LinkedIn? And my email is like, yeah, you need more people on your list to really get more traffic or something. He goes, you do realize that when in my email, I email people that work with me that are my clients, but also the people that we're suing and not everyone wants to hear from me again. So I just got like this backlash of people who are like, how dare you contact me and ask me to be friends with you on LinkedIn, you know, because he was the opposing counsel or something. I'm like, noted to that myself the time you don't email yeah. <laughs> so I was like I never thought about that he's like uh yeah I have their email in my in my inbox right it's obviously they're posing counsel or whatever so I thought that was really funny um I'm sure you're probably not don't deal with that but let's go into something that more local businesses what are you seeing now with trends do you find it's still very important to be emailing once a day or twice a week whenever I tell people once a day they freak out what do you say uh, I think it should be not once a day minimum and local businesses should be doing it even more than anyone because they're no, none of their competition is doing it. So you, you mentioned lawyers, for example. Now this yeah. is kind of an easy example, but it'll, the, for reasons that'll be very obvious in a second. One of the, one of the teachings I've given people at like seminars and stuff, and, and this is just, it's just how, and maybe this goes with the Halloween theme. I don't know. But, but the, the, whatever people would ask for critiques, and I don't like doing critiques, but when I go to seminars and stuff, I'll do them. And no matter what they write, it's like my whole my response is always it needs more gore. Now I don't mean literal gore, but horror stories. Now a lawyer, if they were first of all, I wouldn't email my LinkedIn list either. <laughs> but, I know I was surprised to fire me. I was like, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that for. I mean, I I don't think I'm really I don't know, but. It's better just to build it. Like, if anything, invite them to join your main list, right? And then they can do it or not. But if you built a list of people locally, now depending on, let's say someone's a, a personal injury lawyer, for example, I, they could be any kind. So they could use Facebook or Google Ads or whatever they, they could do to build a list of local leads of people who, you know, have this problem and start emailing them emails every day telling the horror stories of what's going to happen if they pick the wrong lawyer. Horror stories that have happened to people who've gotten screwed over. Horror stories about people who were they, they couldn't beat the big organization that they're trying to sue or whatever. All of these problems that, that the average person may or may not be thinking about. And then position themselves as, look, we specialize in this. You know, don't just go to some generalists. Come to us. That's one of many examples, but that's the whole thing. A lot of local companies can just tell horror stories about bad things, real-life stories that have happened to people who did not – hire or go to their store to help, you know, deal with someone like them. Um, you know, and this could be any, this could be even like one of the guys that I saw to one of my customers, he's, he owns a martial arts gym, right? So for him, it's real simple. It's like, well, just tell horror stories about people who've been attacked on the street. Every time there's a police blotter, there's an email, you know, talk about the, the goon that's walking around at 2 a.m. and, you know, on Jackson Street or whatever, you know, and, you know, it's not like you're, manip you're not doing it in a manipulative way. You're just letting them know there's problems out there. This is not a safe area. Come here. Yeah, you got, you're muted again. All right. So for the listeners, like, <laughs> I didn't want to sneeze and cough in your ear. 
the listeners, I want to make sure they hear because I find it really in- funny that you're like double in the pain. Like I just see you over there like an ice pick. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's true though. The more like, aren't you in pain? Ah, they're like, oh, I'm the solution. I'm the bandaid. Here you go. You know, it's kind of, that's what you're saying. The horror, <laughs> which is perfect. The horror and constantly talking about the problem and double d- double down on the problem. I think that's really interesting. It's very counterintuitive for most business owners. Most business owners are like, oh, look at this amazing thing we have with the percentage discount. Or, uh, yeah. oh, you know, I'm working right now with the acupuncture, so I'm really having a hard time working, getting his mindset right because everything he does is all about like, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, everything's perfect. And I'm like, you've got to either, you've got to like go on the pain or... I mean, I asked you about this or the email's got to be, or the ad's got to be like over the top. Like, look, her life is perfect. Don't you want this too? You know, kind of like that versus the pain. But what, would you say that's true? Or what, what do you, what do you think? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I, uh, you can lead with that if you, and get away with it for some, like the, the, the heaven, right? Yeah. But, but people who really want to get to heaven are the ones locked in hell. <laughs> And so that's so true, by the way, especially for women in the burbs, right? They look like they're in heaven and they're in hell. <laughs> I can, well, that, yeah, I, I mean, speak from like experience, right? I'm no longer in hell. I was like, the suburbia. Did you ever watch the movie The Weeds, right? I, I have never seen it, but I know what it, I know what it yeah, is. Okay, yeah, okay, Gus. All right, go ahead, go ahead. No, it, so, but that's the thing. So there's this, there's this guy, he, he passed away a couple years ago. His name is Jim Camp. And he was known as the world's most feared negotiator. He, this guy was so good at negotiation, the FBI changed their entire negotiation with terrorist approach based on what he taught them. Like, you know, he's not just some guy who wrote a book. He does like billion dollar deals and stuff, right? And he's big on creating a vision. You got to create a vision. Nobody makes a decision to buy or do anything unless they have a vision first. And so creating that vision of a problem that is either happening to them now or could happen to them will change the entire thing. Like that's what it, uh, the best emails do that. And I'll give an example. So I used to, I used to do, I used to own part, own a, uh, an info publishing business. We would sell weight loss to females. Now I'm not, as you can see, I'm not an overweight female. <laughs> so I, for me to understand every nook and cranny of what they're going through is like trying to understand childbirth, right? Right. So, but I, I have to do this. I'm the writer on this. So I have to figure this out. So what I would do, and, and anyone listening to this could do this exact same thing, and, and this is one of the most powerful things you can do for email or anything, is I would go to these forums where our market hung out at, where they're in there talking about the problems they're going through every day and, and all this stuff, and it's like the most eye-opening thing I've ever seen because none of the weight loss ads are talking about the stuff that's really t- they're talking about. And I've never seen one in there where the, the thread title was Humiliating Fat Facebook Picks. I was like, oh, whoa, what's this? So I read it, right? And this girl's in there talking about this, how she's trying to lose weight. She's working out every day. She's got a trainer. She's eating good. You know, it's hard enough as it is. She's got a family and she's got to work and all this. And while she's doing this, her so-called friends, and I do that like for real, are tagging her heavy Facebook pics on purpose to try to like passive aggressively keep her 
down, you know? It's like, it's like when you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, one tries to crawl up, they all try to pull it back in. Those are some shitty friends. They're terrible friends, but it was, it was amazing to me how many other pe- how people were jumping in the thread saying, yeah, now that you mentioned that's what my friends did. So, of course, this became an email. I told the story. I told her story. I was look, reading the internet, and I noticed this happened to this person. And I went through all the, the stuff she talked about, all the pain, the humiliation, just everything, just the frustration of it, right? And, 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 and their language, not my language, not how I would say it. God, no, I would be you know, wayward. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. But in their words and their language. And then I gave them a vision of this problem that anyone in that market can, can see happening and didn't even realize it was happening and probably thought, no, God, this is happening. And right. then I gave them my solution. Look, if you have, think this is going on, I can help you with this. Check out this ebook we did here. You know, here's a little bit about it. Here's a link. And that's that. And that was our most profitable email ever. And not only was it profitable for me, but when I got out of that business, I let this other guy who's in the fitness world use it for his list. And he said that, that email and a couple other ones I gave just blew everything away during a launch where they were, they were like competing against people like 2 million person lists. And he goes, we just beat them all. And it's because of that, because I'm some genius. It's because I looked at the market. I took a vision of their problem. And then once you give them that vision of the problem, once you give them hell, they're looking for heaven and that's your product. Yeah. Okay. So when you give them hell inside one conversation, one email, one story, and then you give them solution, which is the heaven. I think that's a really, that's, I want to hone that for a second, right? That's a very uh, baseline of direct response marketing, but I want people to really get how powerful that is, especially if you're a small business owner, lawyer, chiropractor, whatever, your job in life is to solve pain, right? In some level. Right, if you're a dentist, if you're a, whatever it is, your job is to solve their pain. The, what, so the last thing most solo business owners like that want to talk about is the pain, right? Because they hear the pain and so they don't want to actually talk about it again to solve it, right? So people come in, they have a toothache, I'm here to fix it. They're Mr. Fix-It, that's what they're supposed to yeah. fix it. So the last thing they're thinking about, oh, let's do an email about how much they're in pain. It's very counterintuitive versus a pretty little newsletter, you know, with <laughs> everything so beautiful. Look at this beautiful smile, <laughs> right? There's those, yeah. there's those infomercials going on right now. They're, they're for a smile, right? They're for having your entire teeth redone. I think they're done very well. It's a national campaign. And <clears throat> what they do is they talk to one or two people usually in the commercials, pretty long commercials, like a mini infomercial. And they pick usually one or two people, usually a guy, sometimes a girl, but sometimes usually a guy. And they'll show how him before and how he just was depressed and hurting and no self-esteem yeah. and didn't want to date and like this whole thing, right? Yeah, and, that's and, great. Yeah. And then they like, <laughs> then he's walking around you know, being all studly and like people are smiling at him and like people smiling back. Like it's really, it's a beautiful thing to like, you've got to double down on the pain, but, and people can understand that in commercial, but in email they don't. So can you go there for a second and can explain how do you do that in an email setting? Uh, that's one way to do it. Well, let's say, let's take the dentist thing again. Okay. It'd be the easiest thing in the world. Cause all you gotta do is make a list of all the problems, teeth problems out there, all the you know, bad breath. You could do a whole email just on bad breath. You know, you know, I was walking around and, you know, people were doing like wincing for me and I couldn't figure out why. And, uh, or you could even take it really far and say, you know, I, I didn't, I went in for a job interview and I, like, she just didn't want to, the job interview didn't want to, like she kept backing up and I realized that it's, 
know, Fred said, look, <laughs> you got some nasty dragon breath there, you know. And then you talk about here's some causes of it. And one of the causes, of course, is not going to the dentist and not going to a dentist who understands, you know, the, the dynamics of this problem, halitosis. And, you know, if you want to make an appointment, this is something we can help you with. Now, if you have this problem or if you have this insecurity, by the way, this insecurities are a whole other thing. And I don't want to get too off here, but that would be one way to do it. But insecurities, now you talked about Trump earlier, right? So I'm going to tell a Trump story. This, this, if this, yeah, this is going to be fun. This gets the, well, I mean, if there's a, right now we're getting a free multi-million dollar marketing lesson every day from this guy. We might as well use it. Right. So I don't know if this was during his campaign or right before it. Um, one of the supermodels he dated, I, I don't remember which one it was. Which one? We don't which know. One, I have no idea. Was. But she got interviewed, like they asked him about her because now she's apparently she, you know, she has like four kids. She's totally retired from that. She's, you know, she's happy and all that. But someone interviewed her. I don't know which news it was, but they interviewed her. So they interviewed him about her, brought him, they brought her up some up. And what do you, what, what do you, you know, what did you have to say to her? Well, she's no longer a 10. That's what he said. That's all he said. She's no longer a 10. Now, whether he's being malicious or not, I don't, you know, I'm sure that's a whole other thing. But it wasn't that the important thing is her response. She must have spent two or three days being interviewed by all these places. And she was so incoherent. Like she was so rattled by this. Like one, all he said was she's no longer a 10 because it's an insecurity for her, right? Rational, irrational, it doesn't matter. We all have them. And if you can find your market's insecurities, and as a dentist, my God, just make a list of insecurities that people have related to their teeth. That's Each one is its own email. And you're giving people a vision of a problem that they may have or may could have. And you're doing them a real service because nobody else is doing this. They may be walking around with bad breath and not know it. They may be hurting them chances of finding romance and not know it. They may be scaring little kids when they walk by with their nasty teeth. They'll never know until you tell them and give them that vision. And the key is to tell it to them so they cannot unsee it. Right. <laughs> they so can't they forget it. Um, so let's talk about Trump. I think my response, let's talk about like what my response would have been to Trump if that was me. I probably would have said, well, he's no longer a 10 either. <laughs> um, I mean, you know what I mean? There's so many different things you could punch back on that one. And by the way, I'm kind of caught up in that one. She's still but she got stuck on her, but she was stuck on her insecurity. That's the problem. It rattled her. I don't think he's not, he doesn't seem that easily rattled by that kind of stuff, but he has his insecurities. If you read his Twitter, he's got his, remember what happened to him when uh, they were questioning his mental health. This was like last year. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he dropped the ball on that completely because he kept getting rattled by it. All he had to do is, you know, all he had to do is say, you know, I, I talked to my shrink yesterday and, you know, I have some problems, but the good news is I just lowered taxes. Like if he'd done that, it would have been great, but he didn't do that. He got rattled just like he did to the supermodel. Because we all have them, no matter how confident someone is, they have insecurities. That's true. It's true. I do remember that. He definitely got like rattled his cage on that one. There's just a couple of few that you could tell he gets he yeah. gets rattled on, you know, and it's kind of funny to like see the attacks on like live stream <laughs> with Twitter. I absolutely love the fact that he's on Twitter every day. So here um, in Austin, we have a, a local station called 9937. And every morning they have what they call Twitter tweets. So what they do is they have two people come on and they'll, they'll say a statement and they'll go, did Trump say it? Like that's basically the entire game. And then the one person's like, uh, no, he didn't say it, you know, but they say some really mean stuff and people are like, God, 
this mean? Did he say that? Did he say that bad? You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to really think, God, that does sound like him, but I don't know if he said it, you know? So it's actually a really funny one because they have to make up some really bad ones. Like, you know, what this one this morning actually was, I know he didn't say that, but I'm pretty sure he thought it, you know, because like, it was really bad. He was like really bad. So anyway, all right, enough of that. Um, let's talk about the power of the word, how long an email should be one, two, do you believe in what I call the fluffy, pretty newsletter? Um, in three, do you still believe in just regular good old fashioned text? All right. So this may be a little bit of a, for a national syndicated audience. I'll try not to make this crude, but it's a very, the best analogy I can think of. And this is rated PG 13. So I don't know if that (laughs) basically an email. And I don't know where this old adage came from, but it's an old adage. It should be like a woman's skirt, short enough to get attention, long enough to cover the details. And what that means could be 200 words, could be a thousand words. I've written 3,000 word emails. I've written 30 word emails. The key is if it's boring, it's, it's too long. If it's interesting, they'll read everything. And this, is, this goes back to what I was talking about Jim Kemp. He, he had this really good saying that if people just like keep this in their mind at all times, you can never go wrong with any of your marketing. You're always safe when you're in the other person's world. As long as you're talking about their world, you, you're safe. Once you start talking about your product, you're not safe. That's why you want to be in their world and find out the problems first. So that, that would be my first answer. It's, it, it just depends, but is it's boring, it's too long. Um, example, my dad has uh, this mole problem. Like He's got like 40 mole hills in his yard, right? I don't know what's going on, but there's like 40. I've counted them. And he tried everything to get rid of these moles. He tried the sonic things. He tried the, the traps, all this stuff. Nothing works. I can guarantee you right now, you could send him a 5,000 word email about moles and he'll read every word of it because it's frustrating to him. At the same time, you could send me an email about moles and I don't have moles. I'd say, I don't care. So that hopefully that helps with the length thing. It, it kind of depends. Um, the second question, should they be pretty and all that? No. You <laughs> know, um, there's this old school copywriter named Gene Schwartz. Now, most people are not going to know who he is, but in the copywriting world, he, he's the man. And he said something very interesting. This guy wrote more, made more money with his sales copy than probably anyone during his day. And he said the ugly thing in a world of beauty stands out. And he would make his layout so ugly. <laughs> He'd go the opposite way. With email, I think it's even more important simply because you want to make it look like at a glance, it could be a personal email from you. As soon as it looks commercial, it, it's like, I can, I can safely delete this. But if, if it looks like it could be from you, like, oh, my, my doctor is emailing me. I got to read this. Um, that at least gets the reading. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot what the third question was. So that's okay. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> I'll rephrase it for you. So okay. there's a pretty email. There's the length of the email. Um, and black and white. And you kind of already said it. So if you, if you don't believe in the pretty, what do you believe in? Is it more just text? Do you believe in just text with some links? What do you believe in today's world, today's market? Okay. So first of all, I will say this. There are some people who have absolutely tested pretty emails and they, they swear it works better. Okay, fine. That, that, good for them. I would say in every single thing I've ever seen and tested, which is probably like 20, 30 different markets um, for various different products and services at all kinds of prices. The plain just looks like a plain email at a glance. It could be HTML. Like you can put stuff if you want to track it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But it should look personal. Like it should not look 
like it shouldn't, I don't think it should have any branding in it or any of that. It should have a plain email that looks like you just got, like I just batted an email out to you. Like, like your friend or your mom or aunt or uncle would send you or whoever. Right. It looks personal. Uh, it, it's the A pile versus B pile direct mail thing, which I don't understand most people listening to this have no clue what I'm talking about. But basically everybody sorts their mail over a wastebasket, according to this guy named Gary Halbert who used to teach this. Um, we all have, we do this. We go to the, if we have a PO box, for example, we have all of our mail together and we start sorting it. Junk, 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 junk. Oops, from the IRS. Junk, junk, junk. Oh my God, someone sent me an actual letter. The A pile is like three things and the rest just gets thrown out on things. So email is the same thing. You want it to look not commercial. Like it should not look like something they could just get rid of. Like they at least have to read it. And right. I, I'm very paranoid about this stuff. I, I only the paranoid survive, right? That's why I look at it. So the only paranoid, yeah. By the way, when I get your um, newsletter, which is physical e- email players, which I think is so counterintuitive because email players you know, <laughs> physical form, which is great. Um, it is really basic. <laughs> it's stapled um, and it's one color, and it's typed. <laughs> yeah, it's like a typed written, written written letter. It's you know. Yeah. And, um, I think it's, so I was, I was actually at a mastermind earlier this week and, uh, this one particular person was looking at different, uh, websites, you know, like from Grant Cardone to, uh, traffic and conversion summits, just a bunch of different things he was looking for an idea. And he goes, wow, did you look at traffic and conversion summit, um, website? And I'm like, yeah, and I go every year. Right. So I've been going since the beginning of time and I go, yeah, why? He goes, it's ugly. (laughs) <laughs> and I go, yeah, but they make a lot of money, so it doesn't really matter, does it? And he's like, yeah, but I'm just surprised. Like, look, do you see this thing? It's ugly. It's really, I'm like, ugly sells, you know? And so I, it's kind of that, it's, it's what you're basically saying. Pretty doesn't always work. I find that the people who want to do pretty are usually people who are what I call the local business marketing. The yeah. They want it pretty and beautiful and whatever. So let's talk about frequency real quick and we'll wrap it up. As far as local business, it's not really what I call hardcore internet market, direct response marketing or e-com. What do you say is a good frequency for today? I, I'd say, well, I would say minimum once a day. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for this. One, one of the main reasons is you want to be seen not just as an expert, but a leader, right? People gravitate and buy market leaders. They'll listen to experts, right? If, you're, if you hang your shingle out as a painter, you already see, there's an assumption of competence there that you well, can do it. But are you the leading guy So or girl? So with that in mind, if you're there every day in their inbox with something interesting to say, you are automatically positioned over all the people they don't hear from. <laughs> it's, just like, just, it's just that. You don't even have to be necessarily better than the other people. Um, at the same time, if, you say, if you're trying to position yourself as like better than all your competition and you don't have something to say every day, I'm not saying they're judging you on this, but I'm just saying there may be a little bit of an unconscious thing. Like maybe they're not the expert they think they are because, well, this competitor's emailing me every day. Like who are they going to go with? So that's something to think about. Uh-huh. And I'll wrap that with a story around Oprah. I mean, Oprah, she, you know, she did, people say, well, she's so big, she's so huge, and she is. And she did kind of revolutionize things. But one of the ways she did that is she did five days a week, every week for 20 five years. You know, if you look at it that way from a perspective of magically consistent, 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 and then changing with the times and always have something to say and always having a view and always having someone to interview. I think even just by those standards, you'd be 
rewarded in the marketplace, right? So I don't know if you believe in this or what you're saying, but I want to throw this out at you in our last words is that I, Jim Rohn, um, right? It's Jim Rohn, I've heard of him, I'm sure you have. So Jim Rohn, um, he talks about um, in the 80s that you are paid for your value in the marketplace, right? And my question to you is, what do you think that word value is in today's world? Well, I think value is, I mean, you can do, you could actually have an inferior product and deliver more value if you set up that vision correctly. Because when you set up the vision correctly in your email or any marketing, by the way, everything I've said here applies to everything else, anything you market with. I don't care if it's Twitter, I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You set that vision up, what you've done is you've brought them to you the right way. They are actively engaged and interested in solving that problem, which means they're more likely going to use and respect and value what you give them far more than if you just get them on some kind of impulse thing or they just kind of impulsively went in to buy from you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You got them in a state of mind where they really want to fix this thing. And that means they're going to consume what you have. And if they don't consume what you sell them, they're not going to come back again because they're not going to have a good experience. If they consume whatever you sell and they like it, they're coming back and they're going to tell everyone else about you. And, uh, and this is weird. It's value does not have to mean the best product or service. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, great. I love to talk to you more. We're out of time. Ben, thank you so much for being here at bensettled.com. Any last words you want to share with people before we go? No, but what you said about consistency, I find is very true. Like whoever the most consistent person is wins. Even if put it this way to, to use Trump one more time, consistency trumps proficiency. And I've seen it happen over and over and over. So that's a great line. Trump, was it Trump? Trump <laughs> proficiency. Trump. Trump? Cons- consistency trumps proficiency. Okay, God, sorry. Consistency yeah. trumps proficiency. Consistency <laughs> trumps profanity. Whichever one. Well, that too. Uh, that too. Right. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for being here, Ben. I really honor and appreciate you. Um, real quickly, let me unpin you. So my name is Heather Havenwood. Check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. You guys should check out Ben at bensettled.com. Go ahead and sign up for his email players, uh, subscription. If that really thing is something you can be useful to, I'm sure it's awesome. I am a member. Uh, you can check it out at bensettled.com. And again, this is Heather Havenwood. Check us out on Amazon. You can also ask for Alexa. Wait till I say it, she comes on. So I gotta be careful. Um, all right, everyone, this is Heather Havenwood. Check us out, heatherhavenwood.com. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment. 
to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com, and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200. And receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.